When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I reckon there's a heap of people driving around or sitting at home or listening via the app, doing it at work, whatever it is, hearing that music and going, what? Wednesday? What the bloody hell's going on? Where's the captain's run? Where's Denon? Where's Cam? Where's Smithy? What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Uh, We are Monday to Friday now, peeps, until the end of the year. So welcome to the Afternoons program. Uh, G'day. Afternooners, thanks for tuning in. However, you are listening, SEN welcomes you. We've still got that very broad house of worship, even on a Wednesday. Uh, we will rebrand this Wellness Wednesday. We love doing that uh, in support of all of that and, and all that it means. We're doing it all thanks to SBS Fence. Remember, portable toilet and temporary fence hire in Sydney. You can check them out at sbsfence.com.au. So we will welcome the Queenslanders next hour, but the $100 cash from Tristan and the team at Top Sport, he'll be welcomed a little bit later on in the program as well. It's still available, one 1170 And the text line today, wow. Really excited about our talk topic today, 0457-736-736. You know, there's a lot of people at SEN who aren't afraid to just steal stuff. So rather than stealing it, i best describe it as borrowing it or maybe continuing it. Uh, anyway, we'll get to that very shortly. Coming up, Channel 7 sport reporter Michelle Bishop. So the Bish joins the show on a Wednesday. We've got former Australian tennis player and respected commentator. She works on the SEN network across the Aussie Open. She works for all different news organisations around the globe when she's commentating on the sport. Louise Fleming. She started up uh, a charity uh, given its mental health month in this October. Rally Forever. Big day down at Coogee on the 22nd of October. So we'll get Louise to... Give us a little chat around tennis and also tell us what's going on with her event, Rally Forever. And Jillaroo's player, Tamika Upton. This is the thing that blows me away about Tamika Upton. Dallium winner, two-time Karen Murphy medal winner, four-time grand final winner, first time playing for the Jillaroo's. So not sure what's going on there. They're playing the Kiwi Ferns up there at Queensland's Country Bank Stadium on Saturday night. That'll be the game just before the Test Match Australia taking on Samo. We'll tell you who's the good oil. i got some data around the good oil too. I know Coach K will be very keen on hearing that. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, of course, your chance to send the text messages in. We've got Afternoons Amplified. We'll find out what's trending. We'll get a score update. We'll get all of that. And and what about this? The Who Am I is returning. I know. I know. So Coach K just declared it an out-and-out success yesterday. So just said, look, unmitigated success. And I have to say, we got well over 30 or 35 text messages around them. Even some of them were right too, which is just incredible. So less clues today, increase the degree of difficulty. Uh, Do we have the prize to give away? Do we have the Signet Boost Power Bank? Uh, No, we don't. So what are we giving away today? Hmm. All right, we'll we'll work out a prize. Um, We'll work out a prize. Uh, Okay, Swivel, I've got that, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. Righto, what is making news Today, Mal Meninga has named his side, so there were no real surprises. We'd been hinted at 
uh, a lot, but there are four players on debut. So in reality, congratulations to them. It's you know we spoke a lot about Dylan Edwards and playing on the wing and whether he's going to be goal kicker. And we still haven't had confirmation about goal kicking, but congratulations, he's about to make his test debut. So too is Selwyn Cobo on the other wing, and of course we've got Katoni Staggs and Hamaso Tabuai Fido. So lots of players out, lots of players missing for all sorts of reasons. Josh Adokar with a two-game ban and. Valentine Holmes with the one-game ban and Latrell Mitchell withdrawing because of injury and Tom Trebojevic out because of injury. But Mal Meninga said the opportunity has come up for them to put the green and gold jersey on. And I've got no doubt they'll all play really well for their country. Here's another quote that anyone who's been listening to the throwdown with Mal Meninga on a Thursday will understand. They're all great young men and talented players. And I'm confident you will see the best of them on Saturday. So there you go. Character is very important for Mal Meninga. Give us your thoughts on that Australian side. Uh, not there is Murray Taolungi. So he played in the World Cup last year, was a very popular teammate with all the kangaroos, but being born in New Zealand, raised in Australia by Samoan parents, he had a conversation with Mal Meninga up at Port Moresby last month, and he said, look, just during the kangaroos tour of the World Cup last year, I was, I was in many ways cheering for Samoa. It was definitely my first preference to play for Samoa. I spoke to Mal about it at the PMs, and he sort of knew where my heart was and how I felt about it. So he was very understanding. This is courtesy of NRL.com. Both of my parents are Samoan, so it's a massive honour to represent my family and our small nation. So that would have been very interesting, that conversation with Mal Meninga. We will go inside the Samoan squad tomorrow and then the Kangaroos squad on Friday on this program. Away from the Pacific Championship in the world of the NRL, Sydney Morning Herald reporter Adrian Prezenko will speak to him tomorrow. Uh, Des Hasler maintaining that Manly did not consult him about the club's infamous rainbow jersey, and he was sacked a week after agreeing to club-imposed conditions that extended his tenure, this all according to court documents. So he's the plaintiff. The plaintiff's... Been the plaintiff a lot, Des. But anyway, um, it's the year after he's sacking. Supreme Court, October 20. It's an unfair dismissal claim. <clears throat> Seven first-team players refused to wear the rainbow-themed jersey. They lost every game after that point as well. Finished 11th spot in 2022. Now, there was a News Corp report on the weekend that claimed that Hasler insisted the players wear the jersey. However, a statement of claim filed on Hasler's behalf alleged the club pushed them to wear the uniform. So it's the real he said, he said situation. I wonder whether there's anything in the way of emails to be able to confirm this. I thought this was really interesting. It was an implied term and condition under the coaching contract so that the defendant, that is Manly, would not take any step in the administration of the affairs of the club so as to not prejudice the playing performance of the club's first grade team. So the code is there, mate, Des runs the footy club, you stay out of it, all right? It's amazing how different some of these operations are. You know, there are some CEOs and there's some, well, what is it, there's some general managers of football now that have their fingerprints all over the football team. And there are some that they completely distance themselves. And there are some coaches that have very definite ways about the way they go about running their footy team. So I think it's clear which way Des Hasler would like. Seven figures, Des is asking from the Manly Club. So he got a seven-figure plus 
settlement from the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs when he was sacked there. So, uh, yes, as I said, Des Plaintiff Hasler. Uh, Boyd Cordner has come out and revealed how heartbreaking it was to retire from the game of rugby league. You forget about this, right, with Boyd Cordner. He's been on SAS. I don't know. Do you watch SAS, Coach K? I don't. I don't. But anyway, uh, some people do. Uh, a lot of people do by the looks of things. 29 years of age, he was captain of the club, the state, and the country. Had 183 NRL games. He was a three-time premiership winner, two-time premiership captain. So dealing with the symptoms of concussion, I would have days where I would break down crying. It was all a bit too much for me. This is Boyd Cordner. Now, this is one of the uh, most mentally strong players in the rugby league. Talk to Trent Robinson. Talk to Brad Fittler about that. And On a wellness one uh, Wednesday, we talk about this. It's quite scary thought when you think about the long-term effects that concussion or traumatic brain injuries could have. So um, that is out of the game of rugby league, but we see the impact that it has on someone as mentally strong as Boyd Cordner. So uh, really, really serious. And we hope you all take that very seriously. Let's get to some cricket. Uh, Marcus Stoinis, big stoy. Looks like he's going to be back for this game against... How many bowling all-rounders can you have in this Australian side? I'm going to get to this now because I've done a, done a bit of stuff on this one. So the Aussies lose their first game against India. They've got South Africa Thursday and then Sri Lanka up there in luck now. So... It looks like Marcus Stornis will be fit to play. Travis Head, he's in Adelaide. So they were only picking from 13 players. Uh, Glenn Maxwell's weighed into it. So he talked about whether he was going to play or not. Uh, I think he was going to play. And then it just pissed down, said Maxi. I think that's a technical term from Maxi. So <laughs> there we go. Um, my question to you listeners is, having done a bit of thought around this and consulted some people whose opinion I value, have Australia got this squad right? Like, where is that extra spinner? We spoke, spoke about it with Simon O'Donnell on Monday. But you look at India. They've got three top-line spinners. Australia's got one and a half. And Adam Zampa's under pressure. He's got to get back bowling at the stumps. So where is Tanvir Sanger? He's over there training. But why can't you play him? Here's the problem. Here's the problem as explained to me. The tactics that Australia are employing right now aren't wrong given the squad that they have. But the squad that they have is wrong. Do you understand that? The tactics they're employing right now, given the squad they have, is not wrong. Get your quick bowlers to bowl at the stumps. But the squad that they have is wrong. So they're a spinner short, a good spinner. So where's Sanger? Matt Kuhneman was another one that's had experience over there. So why is Sean Abbott in the squad? He's not going to get a game. You've got all these bowling all-rounders and batting all-rounders over there. So here's the other thing. You know the player under pressure to hold their spot in the 11? Who's most under pressure? That's Captain Pat. So Mitch Stark, he plays. Josh Hazelwood, he's a great white ball bowler now. The player under pressure in this Australian 11 to retain their position is Pat Cummins, the captain. So could you have dropped Pat Cummins for that first game? So right, you know what? Conditions aren't right. Pat, you can't play. They've got a captain there in Steve Smith, could do it seriously with his eyes closed. But that is what is confronting Andrew McDonald and the Australian cricket squad. If they don't get it right, they'll be under heavy criticism, I would think. Let's have a listen to Maxi, who talked about cricket being a part of the Olympics yesterday. I'll be around. I'm not sure in what capacity. Who knows if I'll still be playing by then. I think I'll be 39. Could be fielding coach. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what, what the next few years hold it. I'd like to tell you I'd be still playing at 39, but let's just get through this tournament first. 
Okay, not getting ahead of himself, uh, Maxie, but I love it. Fielding coach. Yeah, I, I could accept Maxie as a fielding coach. Be good fun on tour. Uh, the Everest, we had the draw last night. We'll speak to Michelle Bishop about this. Overpass the clear winner there. Bjorn Baker and the team celebrating that. Uh, the price has moved. So $15 into 11 and now into 9 I think when I just came to wear it, topsport.com.au had gone into 850 Yeah, 850 Overpass at Top Sport, 290 the place there. So lots of winners. $20 million in prize money, over 1,200 metres at Royal Randwick. Uh, this is huge on Saturday. Here is PVL talking about the growth of the Everest. It's quite unique. It's charismatic. It's really attracted the younger generation. That's the beauty of the race. It's, it's got the under-35s now looking at racing for the first time. And everyone wants a ticket. We used to get the, the parents wanting tickets. Now the parents are ringing for their kids for tickets. That's, 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 that's the change. How do you continue to make it bigger each year? I mean, how do you... I don't think it's it? reached its potential yet. I think it's got a lot of growth to do. We're at maximum capacity at Rand. We can't get anyone, anyone more in. We went to the Kentucky Derby this year to see how they do it inside the track because that's our next option is to put people inside the track. And that's probably what we'll do next year. Success has many fathers and failure is an orphan. What about this? Oh, yeah. Well, fair enough, too. It's going to be huge on Saturday. I am looking forward to it. Can't wait. Uh, as I said yesterday, how do you how do you engage? How do you go to the Everest? I'll be probably going to the Royal Hotel at Camden. But I will be there, certainly probably in more than just spirit. Uh, be looking. Uh, we'll get Tristan Merlihan on this afternoon as well. He can give us uh, a thought around the Everest and what the market has done. But that is absolutely huge. Now, I mentioned earlier our talk topic. Well, it's well, some people call it stealing, borrowing, continuing. Um, I heard Benny Davis and the team up there at SENQ talking about what poster did you have on the wall as a kid growing up? So I've got to ask you, who, who was on your wall? Who, who was on? I, t I had a Balmain Tigers flag that I got from a father-son trip to Sydney to the semifinals in 1983. And I'd written a little, put that on my wall and I'd written a little poem. When the Tigers are at their best, the opposition has no rest. 83 team of stars. I had Ronnie Ryan, Gary Bridge, Wayne Pierce, of course. But I also had Mark Graham on my commerce book in year eight. So... He was he was the cover of the, that was the poster that I used there. Alan Border, he was on my English book. So these are the things that we want to know. What poster did you have on your bedroom wall? And you better give us an explanation of it too. So uh, loved Alan Border and Mark Graham, uh, just incredible. Played for the North Sydney Bears. I didn't like the Bears. I loved the Tigers, but I also loved Mark Graham. So you better let us know. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The text line zero four five seven. 736, 736. Sorry, Deb Knight. Jimmy's back on Wednesdays. Got a jet, says 554. Yeah, sorry about that, Deb. Anyway, anyway, let's get ourselves to the break. After the break, we're back with more, including but not limited to Michelle Bishop. All right. Welcome back to the program. If you want to be a part of it, 1300 01 1170 0437 736 736. I'm not even sure I got that number. Anyway, uh, Jimmy. Mother Wolf was a clean freak, so neither I nor my two younger wolf brothers were allowed to have posters on our bedroom wall. That's from the wolf. Woohoo! I tell you what, I tell you what, pull up a leather couch, wolf. <laughs> There's a lot there to unpack, I would suggest. I wonder who Michelle Bishop from Channel 7 had on her bedroom wall when she was growing up. Hello, Michelle. 
Good afternoon. Well, you're not even going to believe this one because uh, I think a lot of our listeners will have to scratch their head and say, who? Will Robinson played in the halves for the West Bull for the Balmain Yeah. yeah. Country boy. Loved him. I think he's Big back groupie. at Dubbo now, Will Robinson. <laughs> yep. I, I believe that he, that's exactly where he is. Uh, not playing anymore, but uh, yeah, there you go. Will Robinson, not the one from yep. outer space. No, no, exactly. Uh, oh, very good. Very good. There you go. Hey, I want to ask, uh, let's start with Adrian Prasenko's article, City Morning Herald today, Des Hazza and the Manly Seals. I tell you what, Des is making a bit of a habit of this. He's He's got a seven-figure payout from the Bulldogs. He's asking for something similar from Manly. How do you see it playing out, all the while concentrating on coaching the Gold Coast Titans? Well, that would be my first concern. If I've just employed a brand-new coach uh, to have his head in the right space, and that is obviously getting uh, this team together, because, what, we're only a couple of weeks away from pre-season. That's where I would want my brand-new head coach's head to be, and clearly it is not. But as you say, a bit of a habit. So maybe he doesn't have to be focusing on this too much because he's been there and done it before and knows exactly how it all plays out. But, look, it's an awful look. Uh, And it was disastrous. If you cast your mind back to what it actually did to the club, uh, the rainbow jersey and the seven players stepping down. Uh, and it's a, it's a kind of bit of a, a case of, well, who do you believe? What, what do you, you know, where do you go with this? There's all sorts of uh, rumours uh, and documents, I believe, where um, it's clearly been stated that Des, was, Des knew all about this. Des even went as far as to say that he was going to uh, pick another seven players if they weren't sort of into this uh, and they didn't want to wear the jersey. So, look, you know, as I say, it's just really, really ugly. A seven-figure compensation payout, it's... it's um, um, it's not a good look for, for either club, really, but I don't suppose Manly have uh, you know, got much choice. They, they have to fight this. Uh, they're standing firm as it goes at the moment, uh, the Manly Seagulls. So, as you say, yeah, well, distraction. You'd have to imagine that only means... You'd have to imagine that only means that they've got some good firm evidence and some documents, some emails, um, you know, some sort of trail that, that firms up exactly what, where they stood on the issue. Um, and yeah, as I say, you just want to hope that they can nip this in the bud pretty quickly for both clubs and certainly uh, so that the Titans can get on with their job there on the Gold Coast and, uh, you know, worry about what Des is good at and that's coaching a footy side. All right, let's have a look at some of the player movement or indeed lack of movement. Uh, good news for the West Tigers. Stefano Yutoikamanu looks like he's going to take that clause out of his contract about if they don't make the top eight that he can leave and all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, the on the way through, though, he just gave the club a little bit of a swipe saying, can, can we stop playing this out in public, which I thought was interesting, Michelle? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is the interesting part here. When your players are starting to feel a little bit desperate, uh, having to say, hey, look, enough is enough. We're sick of being uh, the topic of conversation. Uh, we're made to feel and look silly uh, because here we go again with a, another, you know, journey of the West Tigers, uh, you know, making headlines about something. And I think you can actually... Uh, I guess it's pretty serious for Benji Marshall because he's feeling the pressure now, a new coach, uh, and, and the rumours and the innuendo and the, the constant uh, leaking is going to ultimately end, uh, have it, going to have an impact on the retention and the recruitment. Uh, the other in- interesting one with this is uh, Alex Twal. Now, uh, he was not part of the plot Tigers' plans moving forward, so that forced him and his management to go and seek, uh, you know, stuff for 
for his future, a contract for his future. Um, he met with the Bulldogs. Uh, Seven News actually broke that story. I also believe he had conversations with South Sydney and Manly, but none of them were prepared to pay the kind of money that he was after, which is the 525000 I believe the West Tigers were asked to you know, chip in some of the freight, around hundred grand. but someone's uh, done their maths and, and the budget there at the West Tigers and sort of thought, well, hang on a minute, not prepared to, to cough up $100,000, so let's uh, rethink this and, and squeeze him in and, and keep him on board. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's a valuable member of the side. I think he's, you know, forwards in the game there. Well, forwards of his quality are hard to come by at the moment, just the way the market is. So it's probably a good idea for the West Tigers. But as I say, it just goes back to that same old thing with the poor old Tigers. Keep it in-house. You know, when you've got yeah. someone like Stefano uh, being as desperate as speaking out in the media about the leaks, you kind of think you've sort of got a problem that you need to, you know, need to address. And, and, and it was actually a good class. Yeah. And, and it was actually positive news, Michelle, too. Like he was getting rid of the clause that could have seen him leave. So there, there was the positive news. True. But then, yeah, the little swipe. Alex Twal's an interesting one. 525, I think, is a lot. He's an outstanding defender, Alex Twal, but there are limitations to other parts of his game. But good human. So mm. be interesting how that plays out. Josh Curran. He can Curran, score a try, apparently. He can score oh. a try, apparently. Every now and then. Every now and then. What about Josh Curran? This is interesting. So I think he's a really good player, maybe even underused this year, 45 minutes a game, but he's been granted permission to leave the Warriors as well. Yeah, that one interesting. I don't kind of know what to make of that one. As you say, he's... You know, is it the money? Is it is that what is? Is it the money that he's asking? Um, it, you know, does it not fit into the Warriors' plans? But I feel like there's a little bit more research to be done because I think he's a great player. There's there's something going on there. Um, I didn't didn't see that one coming. Uh, the Warriors giving him permission to to chat elsewhere. But it is uh, mighty Car- good pick up. Yeah, he missed two games through suspension for his role in a bar fight last year. There might be some there clues. You go. Might be some might clues be in that something. one. Uh, now, I reckon I reckon on Saturday you're getting all frocked up. I, I heard that you gave up your position on the Harbour Cruise for the for the barrier draw, but I'm reckoning you're all frocked up and out there at Royal Ramwick on Saturday. Yes or no? I am so excited. I don't have a, an outfit. I think I made that clear on Brecky this morning or yesterday morning. I'm just not one of those. Fashion's just not my thing. It's whatever I get up in the morning. And, yeah, touch of blue, that'll do. We'll get there. I'm there for the racing. I'm there for the sport. This is my favourite time of year. I did miss last night's barrier draw, unfortunately, because I had some things on with the kids. But what a spectacular show. They just never, ever disappoint. Don't you just love this time of year? You've got footy rolling into Bathurst. You know, you're conquering the mountain there. Then we're going to climb Everest. We've still got a bit of footy happening. It's just a great time to be alive. But as I say, Sydney Harbour lit up thousands of colours, a big, massive laser uh, show, uh, laser projected onto a 35-metre wide screen to display the actual draw, which was pretty good. It is the seventh running. I can't believe it because I feel like this race yeah. only started a couple of years ago. 20 million bucks, 12 slots, our top sprinters. The barriers, um, I'll give you a couple. I wish I win out of one. Private Eye, nine. Think about it uh, but for Joe Pride and Josh Parr, five. Perfect for him. Godolphin, uh, Cylinder, uh, Gate 4, which is awesome as well. They've got the other one. They've got a bit of a struggle there with In Secret. Cummings is obviously the trainer there. Going to battle that from 12. But the poor old people I feel really, really sorry for having spent breakfast on Tuesday with the one and only uh, First Lady of Racing, Gay Waterhouse, obviously in Adrian Bot, Hawaii 5 
Uh, poor Jerry Harvey. He said, I've got an absolute poor history in this race, 12, 8, and now 10. So it, it, this is obviously Jerry Harvey's horse. Um, not ideal. Like, it's car park stuff. It's it's not going to be great. And he said, I could actually give you some breaking news now. I think we're showing some signs that we will run last. So he, at least he took it oh. in stride. Uh, overpass. Overpass, the other one, um, a clear winner with two. Uh, you know, should should find the fence, uh, you know, get to the front fairly early with that one. Beyond Baker, he let everybody know when that, that came out. The big... Uh, big roar from him um, and look the good news is the welfare which we always have to take into consideration for all the horses so Racing New South Wales vets have conducted the trots up checks um, that's going over them with a fine tooth comb and every single Everest runner is right to go super exciting stuff 29 degrees sunny day on Saturday so that is the forecast that is just about perfect just to let people know it's a work from home day today and there is a sheep graziers warning for Cordor. I thought I'd make that uh, public service announcement Michelle for all the all the listeners out here That's at Cordor. Very kind of you. <laughs> Working from home someone didn't tell me that. Ah right well anyway uh, hey great for you to be a part of the program you're going to do that on Wednesdays over the course of the, the next couple of months so we really do appreciate it. Good on you Michelle and we will speak next week. Super excited. No worries see you then. Uh, there she is, Michelle Bishop. So, as I say, she's going to be a regular. We're looking for a prize for the Who Am I? McHugh has come up with uh, an idea. Uh, you could make the prize for whoever wins that they get a lunch with Coach K. And whoever is second gets two lunches with Coach K. Oh, McHugh, McHugh, McHugh. Very good, very good. Let's get to the news. And then after that, we're back with the score update with the aforementioned. Coach K. Good on you, Amy. Thank you for that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 That is the open line number. The text line, 0457-736-736. So finally got that one right today. Just before we get to Coach K, with that score update, a reminder, we've got Tamika Upton coming on the program a little bit later. Louise Fleming, the former Australian tennis player, now commentator. Uh, Frank from Brinjelli, which is just out here. Good on you, Frankie, uh, who's a former Panthers player. So, Jimmy. Mine is a bit left field. As a young boy growing up, I used to be heavily into wrestling and swimming. My wrestling hero was Bruno Sammartino, total legend, pitches on the wall. Also, Michael Wendon, going to the same school, Liverpool Patrician Brothers, and winning the Michael Wendon Trophy at school. I used to swim in state titles, wrestle in Australian championships and state championships, all between the ages of 9 and 13. They were my heroes as a schoolboy. Then footy came along and Johnny Raper and Billy Smith. Uh, good on you, Frank. There's, uh, I don't get anyone else nominating Bruno Sammartino, who, by the way, I looked up a uh, hell of a haircut on Bruno, who only passed away five years ago. So uh, great memories. Frankie, uh, good on you for sending those through. All right, let's do this. Time for a sports update with Coach K. Now, this could be anything for the first time today we say hello to coach k and we get a, an apology of sorts from McHugh. love your work so oh. thank you for cute now um this oh, i dare i ask who was on your wall as a kid growing up coach k so you were slightly right before the show with who you thought it was your nom okay but, so yeah. my, my my nom was john sutton well he was part of it but i had numerous posters so if you went in the bathroom, you opened up the cabinet door, I had a poster, I had a poster on the back of my book, all from the 2005 South Sydney Rabbitoh site. So I think Scotty Logan was on there. I had Peter Cusack as well. And, and So hang on, yeah. hang on. Brian Fletcher was 
<laughs> Fletch was on it somewhere, but you know, but but I don't want to give him. I want to give him too much credit. The good old Fletch, but it was great. But Jimmy, I'll tell you one player I had who was on the poster, yeah. and he only. I think he only played about a few games that year. But a young Bo Champion, he oh, was someone yeah. that I used to look up to, probably more than John Sutton at the time, being a young bloke myself but yeah any sort of rookie and it's the same thing with all these kids that love their rugby league you know they look they look up to those young kids coming through and Bo Champion was one of them so how many kids have got Reese Walsh on their walls now like Whoa. you know the, the young kid that explode how many kids in Queensland uh indeed elsewhere have got Reese Walsh posters up on their bedroom wall you it's a it's a good point well I thought you might have had some posters of the 1998 1999 <laughs> Rabbitohs up? No, no. Well, I think they were lost somewhere, somewhere in the in the garage, somewhere like that, Jimmy. Yeah, 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 lost in translation. That's where they that's where they were lost. Now, uh, score update, please, Coach. K. Yeah, let's start with the Cricket World Cup. England won by one hundred and thirty-seven runs. This was in the seventh ODI of the World Cup. Uh, a big win there for them. Darwin Milan was the player of the match. One hundred and forty. Off 107. Thank you very much. Outstanding there. Ooh. Johnny Bairstow opened the batting. He got 52 off 59. So quite a strong performance there for England. If we take a look at Bangladesh, uh, Litton Das with the bat 76 off 66. And Mushfakir Rahim at half century there with the bowling. Reese Topley. We haven't seen too much of him, but he bowled 10 overs. Four for 43. Did you catch any of the game last night there, Jimmy? I didn't. Yeah, so Reese Topley... Oh, this is the first time I've really seen him play for England. He looks like he's going to be a bit of a player for the future. But, yeah, great performance there with him with the the ball in hand. Now, the other match, though, Pakistan, they won by six wickets, 10 balls left against Sri Lanka. So it was a huge one there. Mohamed Rizwan from Pakistan, 131 off 121 with the bat. He was the player of the match. We have a look as well. Kusal Mendes from Sri Lanka, 122 off 77. Sidira Samara Wickrama, 108 off 89 as well. So there's some really big scores being put up at the moment. Hassan Ali, 4 for 71 uh, with the ball for Pakistan. So the Cricket World Cup, alive and well. We have a look at the games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I'm just looking at Australia. So Australia plays South Africa. That's a really – that's going to be a challenge. And then they've got Sri Lanka. And we thought that Sri Lanka were going to be reasonably weak, but they've put up a good performance there against Pakistan. So uh, that's a danger game for Australia mm. coming up in a, in a few days' time. Very much so. We've got India up mm. against Afghanistan tonight at 7.30. And New Zealand? They'll play on Friday nights. I'm sure Staffy's looking forward to that one. But the big game, Jimmy, as well, Saturday, India taking on Pakistan at 7.30. That's one to watch. India v. Pakistan tonight. When? Uh, that's no. at 7.30 on Saturday night. Oh, okay. So anticipated global audience? What do you reckon? Well, the T20 that they played here at the MCG, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a neutral ground. 92,000 people turn up to watch it. And they have an estimated global audience of 400 million people. So to put that in context, that is four times as big as the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. It says something else, doesn't it? That is just incredible yeah. numbers. Hey, I'll just touch on this. I know we've got to go to a break very shortly, but we've got some NBA preseason games in action. In the third quarter right now, Jock Landale and the Houston Rockets, they're leading the Indiana Pacers 67-59. Jock Nine minutes, four points, four rebounds. Expecting a decent season from him. And, Jimmy, do you remember a guy called Jay Sean Tate who played for the Sydney Kings? 
Yes, I do. So he's playing with Jock. 11 minutes. He's had. He has himself nine points. So uh, both of those guys playing together. So it's a nice little connection there, um, which is good to see. And so, so if you're if you're going to do Australian player updates through the NBA during the course of this season, mm-hmm. there is going to be a lot of NBA updates because how many Aussies over there? Twelve. Yeah, about twelve, which is crazy. Twelve. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's incredible. And it's good to see, and we're expecting another great year from Josh Giddy as well. If you thought last year was good, just wait until this season. It's going to be something okay. special. When does he get out of his um, rookie contract? When can he start signing a new contract? Do oh, we know exactly? Don't know exactly, but he, this is this thing's second year. So it'd be coming up really, really soon. If it's not next season, it's the season after. So what's his, uh, what's his value now, in your opinion? Oh, for his next contract? Yeah. Look, I don't think he's going to be... I don't think he'll be the max contract player, but I, I reckon you, you got to look towards the two hundred million mark over what four years, four five years. So fifty million dollars a year, and remember that the NBA are redoing their broadcast deal, so it also looks like um, they will get probably double the money that they got this time around. So when you start doing that, you just double everything else. So. Um, he he's just going to absolutely blitz. When we start talking about, oh, who are the highest paid Australian sports people? Uh, Josh Giddy, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Giddy. Yes, hard to beat, I think, Jimmy, and that is the score update. Uh, well done. Thank you, Coach K. Uh, Matt saying Samantha Fox, <laughs> page three girl from the UK. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I think Samantha Fox, she had a song. She had, she had a song that was out. The video clip was uh, fascinating. How do I, yeah, I think I've, Use the word fascinating. Um, Greenkeeping Rooster said uh, the posters I had up on my wall were Alan Robert Border. Oh, Greenkeeping Rooster, you seriously are singing from the same hymn book. The Great Salvo. Oh, here we go. And Martin Offia in the white boots. Uh, well done, Greenkeeping Rooster. Uh, that was good. Uh, now, uh, Andrew from Manly Weather. This is interesting. Hi, Jimmy. Raquel Welsh was on my bedroom wall, which I shared with my older brother of five years. Yes. Yes, so no room for Graham Wombat Edie, Andrew from Manly Weather, but Raquel gets a start. Fair enough. All right, let's get ourselves to the break. After that, we're back with the good oil. Stick around. Good uh, day. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Jimmy, speaking of Samantha Fox, a long-lost fact is that Aussie con man Peter Foster was her long-term boyfriend. That's from The Wolf. So, yes, I did know that. Uh, Ring my bell by Sam Fox. So, it's <laughs> so be right across this Sam Fox situation. Now, for Cobram Estate, Premier Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil, you need the good oil. So I'm going to give you, you know what I'm going to give you the good oil on? The good oil on olive oil. So here's the thing. Stay with me, Coach K. Olive oil consumption and health and longevity of life are closely related. So uh, in Australia, we consume far too little olive oil. Olive oil is consumed massively around Greece, has by far the largest per capita consumption, which is 24 litres per year. Then we go Spain, 15, Italy, 13, Israel, 3, Canada, 1.5, and the US is less than one litre. And Australia is something similar to the US, but there are incredible health benefits for olive oil. In fact, every day now, on the urging of the analyst, Tracy and I have this organic concoction. I don't know. He's just made it up himself. out of all this. I know. Shocked, aren't you? Um, there's honey, garlic, lemon juice, olive oil, 
topped off with a bit of cayenne pepper. I'm telling you, it's very good for heart health. So uh, that I'm I'm telling you, all thanks to I know I know. Uh, all thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. So uh, there's a little take on that one. Uh, this is interesting from Nara Matt. Where where are you from exactly, Nara Matt? Uh, George Bailey and his panel got the Indian Test squad wrong. Agar, Kuhneman, injured players Green and Stark. They then screwed up the Ashes squad backup players. Um, the horses for courses bowling selections. Now they've made a complete mess of the balance of the World Cup squad. None from three for Bailey, Dottermaid, McDonald, Cummins. Basic mistakes on all three occasions and zero accountability. Here's the issue around that narrow mat, around accountability, and that is you win the ashes and then it justifies all those decisions. So... Were we outplayed in the ashes in the cold, hard light of day? We were saved by the weather. In essence, we were saved by the weather from losing that series 3-2. But you win it or retain the ashes. And as a result of that, less questions are uh, uh, Statsy from Freshwater. Jimmy, I'm sure you're not surprised, but I had a massive poster of Graham Wombat Edie, one on uh, one of my wardrobe, wardrobe doors. The other wardrobe door had a team photo of the Manly side and smaller posters of Terry Randall, Steve Gearan, and Dennis Lilly. On the back of my door was Olivia Newton-John, every boy of my vintage's first crush. So you better tell me your first crush, because certainly Olivia wasn't my first crush, but thank you for that. Just on that, breaking news here at a WFH uh, uh, Wednesday now. It is Wednesday, that's right. Uh, just got confirmation from Tracy from Cordor, uh, what was her posters on her bedroom wall growing up. In no particular order, she told me, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, River Phoenix. I said, did you have any tennis players up? No. So there you go. Might explain a, a little bit around that as well. Uh, Junior Smithy said, hey, Jimmy, I didn't have posters on my wall growing up, but my boys have had Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Surely the Titans would be thinking that we made the, uh, have we made the right call, given Des has us crippled the club's salary cap-wise, plus getting payouts. Uh, and sorry, after what he did to the Bulldogs, he should have been rubbed out of the game from coaching or general managing the club uh, from ever again. So Junior Smithy, the bitterness is still there after the Des Hasler-Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs experiment. We had two grand finals, Junior Smithy, two grand finals. All right, let's get ourselves to the break. That was all thanks to sbsfence.com. Then we're back to wrap up this first hour. Okay, Doki. Welcome back to the program. So we're going to wrap up this first hour. We are done and dusted. One hour down, two hours to go. A reminder, the Kings Wildcats this Sunday out there at Kudos Bank Arena. Tickets from Ticketek. So it's another Sunday with the Sydney Kings, Kings Wildcats. Uh, Sunday, Kudos Bank Arena. I think tip off around 4 o'clock. I think we're on air from 3.30. Actually, I should get that right. Right. Uh, uh, don't worry, I will. I will. Former Australian tennis player Louise Fleming, our special guest coming up. She's got a rally forever. She's doing great stuff with uh, mental health. Well, it's Mental Health Month, but she does it all the time, doing all around Australia as well. She's got a big event down at Coogee on the 22nd of October. And we'll have Afternoons Amplified. Your ch- chance to keep sending in these text messages about your bedroom wall. I can't believe how much. Cosman's talking about Samantha Fox. Samantha Fox, uh, touch me, not ring my bell. Ring my bell, Colette. 
touch me. Sam Fox, it's very important to get that right. Jimmy, I honestly had Apisai Toga from the Rugby League Week. Uh, I thought it was tops. That's from Billy Boy, uh, about 1970. So there you go. Uh, Trailblazer, one of the first Fijians to ever play in the National Rugby League, Apisai Toga. All right, news and back with more. Stick around. Welcome back to the program, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 That is the open line number, the text line, 0457-736-736. Big hour coming up. Uh, by the way, welcome to everyone up there in Brisbane, SENQ 693 AM, everyone on the Gold Coast, SEN 1620 AM joining us now. SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. You've been around for an hour or more, and of course, if you're listening via the app, you can listen anywhere at any time. If you have missed something in the first hour and you want to check it out, you can do that via the podcast. Make sure you check it out wherever it is you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, etc. Uh, Afternoons with Jimmy Smith is what you should be searching for that one. Uh, we have uh, Louise Fleming coming up very shortly. We're also going to speak later next hour with Tamika Upton. I'm amazed with Tamika Upton. This is incredible. Four-time grand final winner, two-time Karen Murphy medal winner, one-time Dally M Player of the Year and playing for the very first time for Australia. So that is exciting for Tamika. I think it is clear that she is the best player in the NRLW. So uh, we look forward to having a chat about that. Louise is going to talk us through what's the latest with Australian tennis. She's also going to tell us about Rally Forever, which is uh, a charity that she started and it's also having a big corporate fundraiser down there at Coogee on the 22nd of October, Sunday, the 22nd of October. We're talking about the Australian Kangaroos, the four new players. Congratulations to them. Dylan Edwards, Selwyn Cobbo, Katoni Staggs, Hamaso Tabuai Fido. So no matter the reasons that they're in there, and there might be a lot of them, so no Josh Adokar, no Valentine Holmes, no Latrell Mitchell, no Tom Trebojevic, uh, Stephen Crichton's playing for Samoa, playing in the 5-8th position. That's an interesting one as well, but it's still such a fantastic achievement. So uh, well done to those four new players. No James, uh, sorry, no Nathan Cleary. So what about this one? As a result of that, uh, we have a situation where Daly Cherry Evans is going to be the oldest player who has ever played halfback for Australia. Now, it comes via Andrew from Manly Weather, who asked who else, David Middleton, and said, will DCE be the oldest halfback to represent Australia this Saturday night? He turns 35 in February. So here's a little bit of train spotting for you. David Middleton said, yes, DCE will overtake Arthur Pony Halloway. Now, what a legend. As Australia's oldest test halfback, Holloway was 34 and 51 days against the Kiwis in 1919. DCE will be 34 and 236 days this Saturday. So what about that? A 104-year record about to be broken on Saturday night by Daly Cherry Evans. Murray Taolungi won't be there. Well, sorry, he'll be there, but not in a green and gold jersey. He'll be there in the blue of Toa Samoa. So Samoan parents, despite the fact born in New Zealand, raised in Australia, played for Australia, the Kangaroos, at the last World Cup, and that was just last year. However, the difference here is that he'll be eligible for Queensland in the state of origin next year. That wouldn't have been the case if he'd have chosen to play for New Zealand. We've spoken a lot about that on this program. Desi Hasler has gone to court with the Manly Seagulls. He said... He said, situation here, basically, there's also said, 
right, the Manly Club, get out of the football department. So the admin can't be in the football. That's an implied term and condition under the coaching contract. That's what's come out. It's all related to the rainbow-themed jerseys. The club is saying Des knew about it and asked them to wear it. Des is saying, no, I didn't know about it. You told them they had to wear it. And as a result of that, he didn't get in the top eight, didn't get a contract extension and is claiming unfair dismissal. So we'll follow that with a great deal of interest. We've got the Aussies over there in action tomorrow night. That's against South Africa in the Cricket World Cup. We've talked about the squad and just they're just not quite getting it right with the squad. They're playing okay, but not get and could have had India four for 20, but didn't. You drop the catch and you don't have them four for 20 and then you end up losing. And, of course, we've got the Everest this Saturday. So, as we say, we know that Michelle Bishop's going out there in a little bit of blue. But PVL talking about the growth uh, and the great interest in the Everest. It's incredible. Seven years ago, this race, this event that attracts a whole different type of race goer, a whole different demographic, didn't exist. So there is a challenge laid down for every sports administrator on the planet. You can create something of this magnitude, albeit with a whole heap of resources, but something of this magnitude without uh, a history. And you can do it. And it's been done uh, by Australia. Tommy Berry, interesting article in the Sydney Morning Herald today uh, from Christian Nicoluzzi talking about how incoming St. George Illawarra coach Shane Flanagan reached out to him when he was suspended as a jockey. I like I like this from Tommy Berry. I've definitely made peace with it. I was angry at the world and at myself at the time, but I've definitely made peace with that decision. If you have to wonder at the time if you're doing the wrong thing, you usually are. Looking back at it now, what I did was silly. So he took some cash sling, said, look, the money never went into my account. It went into his mum's account. He was ousted for a year. But interesting, those people who have reached out and helped him. Brad Arthur is another one. Uh, Jared Croker, who we know has got a really good relationship with Tommy Berry. So uh, interesting. On a Wellness Wednesday, I reckon that's a very significant story. And the other one I wanted to make mention of, uh, Paige Hadley. Well done to Paige Hadley. She's now the oldest of the Diamonds. She's won two World Cups. She's now going to be vice-captain of the Aussie Diamonds and thoroughly deserved to. Uh, Has been an outstanding player for a decade or more for Australia, and she'll be stepping out in the Suncorp Super Netball competition as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 The text line 0457-736-736. So you can talk to us about any and all of that, or you can tell us about what was on your bedroom wall. Benny Davis and the crew up there in Queensland, uh, SENQ in Brisbane, talking about it earlier today. We thought it was a great talk topic. So, uh, no, we didn't steal it. We extended it. We we continued it. We borrowed it. We certainly didn't steal it. I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair. Um, so let's have a look at some of the uh, second crush was Kelly LeBrock. So we're getting a lot of Sam Fox, Kelly LeBrock stuff coming in here. Great day, says 904. David says, hi, Jimmy. My wall was full of photos of motocross sidecars as my dad was racing sidecars in Queensland. Devoured his weekly motorcycle magazine and cut out all the photos of sidecars great memories well to that david i say each to their own right each to their own and then we get this 554 uh viv richards was there as well um good times back in the day so uh keep those coming in 0457 736 736 but up next we speak to former australian tennis champ louise Fleming.
Well, one of our favourites here from the world of tennis at SEN, you hear across the Australian Open uh, working with SEN, you hear across uh, all the majors uh, working with the BBC, etc. I'm talking about Louise Fleming, former Australian tennis professional, now doing great things in the world of mental health with her Rally Forever. Great event coming up in Coogee a little bit later on this month. I'm happy to say Louise is on the line. G'day, Louise. G'day, Jimmy. How are you? Oh, I'm really well. I'm excited to be talking to you. Uh, not as excited as my wife, Tracy, who is your great friend. Um, she says hello um, oh. and uh, passes on her love. So, uh, yeah. Oh, thank you. A huge uh, hug back to Trace. Yeah, we've had some great memories on the tour over the years. And I think that's the one thing about being in a, t- in a sport where you play doubles and you've, you've made these relationships and they stay with you all your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is really interesting around mental health and, and support, which we're going to get to with Rally Forever. But let's talk a little bit of tennis before we get to that. I'm looking at the WTA rankings and I'm wondering where are all the Aussies, Louise? What's going on? Um, top ranked player, Kimberly Birrell at 102 in the world. What what are your thoughts on that, Louise? Yeah, we've had a little bit of a uh, a bit of a slump since Ash Barty. Um, unfortunately, mm. you know, Ash just was such a, a great leader for our sport, and her leaving the sport um, obviously, you know, was a great disappointment. We've, I mean, you know, it's tough because these young kids to get back in the top 100, Priscilla Hahn and um, all of Storm Sanders. There's so many young girls that are just sitting outside that top 100 mark, and that's the top. That's a tough one. Dasha Gavrilova or Dasha Saville, I should say. Um, yes. You know, she's she's going to get back into the top 100. There's no question about that. Isla Tomlanovic has had a knee injury, uh, so she's been out. So we've got two that could jump uh, into that top 100 space, and, and certainly Kim, if she has a great run at the Australian Open again, as she did last year, we could just see some of those players transitioning over. Okay, I mentioned uh, those names, Priscilla Hahn, uh, Olivia Gadecki at 131 yep. in the world, Storm Hunter 155. Is there one there, Louise, you think, one player you think, wow, she's she's ready to really go on a run? There's a few of them. I think Kim could, and I think Olivia Gadecki is a massive talent. She's got a big game. She plays like, you know, players in the top 10, like Arena Sabalenka, because she's got power. Um, You know, it's just getting that confidence, getting those wins, and then all of a sudden you feel like you belong, and she could certainly take those steps. Uh, Priscilla, yep, great competitor, has always been on the edge. She certainly could just get a little bit of luck. Storm Hunter, wow, she's had a fabulous year in doubles and, and also singles. Again, it's hard to... To really focus on doubles and singles, when you want to be number one in the world in doubles, and I'm sure Storm wants to do that, that's when it's hard to play both. So I I certainly think Storm is capable as well of taking that next step into the top 100. I'll get to Priscilla Hon very shortly, but I want to ask you about the men's too, looking at the ATP. Alex Dimonor, he's he's top. Oh, well, he's 12 in the world right now. We've got another couple of guys who are in the top 50. Um, so from a men's point of view, Louise, it's, it's tracking pretty nicely for the Aussies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rinky Hijikata, just remember that name. Oh, yeah. He did incredibly well at the US Open, beat some big names. And uh, look, he's got so much fire and, and so much kind of guts and determination, that young man. But Alex Dimonor, of course, he's sitting at 12. He's so close to taking that step into the top 10 and I think he will because 
Alex doesn't have the biggest game, but I tell you, he brings consistency every time he walks on the court. He moves around the court as well as Novak Djokovic. He probably just doesn't win as often as Novak, but he's one of those young boys that you can rely on. Uh, He's just got the best work ethic and hopefully has a great run in Australia at the Open. Max Purcell at 40, Alexi Popperin at 41, uh, Alexander yep. Vukic at 54, Jordan Thompson, Chris O'Connell, and as you say, um, Rinky Hijikata. We know Rinky very well on this program. We've interviewed him previously, and he he's a two-time winner of the Calabasas Country Club Open, which is Tracy's <laughs> sister's Brady's local court. So we, we know Rinky very I well. I love it. Yeah. Look, there's a whole – and that's the thing. When you've got a whole – group of guys that are rubbing shoulders with each other and pushing each other up the ranking and that's what the guys are doing that's what we want to see with the with the women um if our if our girls can do that as well that would be awesome but certainly they encourage each other max herself yeah he's probably the closest to take that step up he can do everything he can serve and volley he's got a, a very aggressive game uh, alexi popper and he's a big tall guy did very well in juniors he's got a big strong game plays well on clay plays well on all surfaces Again, he could take that step and really, you know, any one of those guys could get very close to the top 20. Hopefully over the Australian summer, we just see one of them. Usually it's one that just steps out and and just delivers. So hopefully we get, you know, a really good story around the Australian Open from one of the Aussies. I, I wanted to ask you about... Um... Igis Fiontek, I saw a video of her in a post-match press conference and she was almost distraught talking about the pressure that she was being under with social media and how she had to step away from social media. I've seen it the same with Priscilla Hon, some disgraceful stuff that they, you know, it's such an opportunity with social media, but there's also that downside. Now, when you and Tracy were playing, Louise, it wasn't around then. What do you think of um, the impact that social media has on some of these top players in the world? Oh, it's it's brutal. It absolutely is brutal. Igis Viantek, I mean, she has a mindset coach. She has someone that travels with her. So she's one of the lucky ones. But imagine if you're a professional yeah. tour player, you're out there on that, on your own. You lose a tennis match, and then all of a sudden you just get these hideous messages. And, and that also goes for the younger players. Even in Australia, you know, you might be a 15- or 16-year-old player. There are opportunities for people to bet on that match and so it could be some guy in Russia or the Middle East putting you know a hundred thousand dollars ten thousand dollars on a match if his player loses he can then reach out to them there is no divide there is no everyone is accessible and so that's why a lot of these players are saying look we need to find something where you know these troll people guys whatever cannot just get on and just say these terrible things. I mean, I'm, I know the WTA have great support, the ATP as well, for when it happens. The TA are fantastic as well. They have um, an integrity unit that try to yep. to help find those guys and shut them down, but then also just help them in terms of, you know, trying to, I guess, you know, not take it personally, which is very yeah. hard to say, isn't it? Exactly. Easy to say. Very difficult to do, especially when it's your, your livelihood and your, your love, you know, your love of, of the sport. Okay, you've always been someone who's been very generous uh, with your, as, as a person, with your spirit, now with your time and your tennis, with Rally Forever. Tell us about Rally Forever and how that came about, Louise. Yeah, look, Rally Forever, um, it, it happened because I met a guy by the name of Brian. I was working at St. Canis's and Brian was homeless at the time. 
uh, and he just asked me to play tennis. And, and after that, um, yeah, I, I basically loved what he showed me on that day. He hit the tennis ball and he loved it. And he actually was a very good player back in the day, but had spent many years in mental hospitals and he'd had a run in jail and, um, yeah, we became friends. And after a little yeah. while, I thought, wow, there's, there's really something in this. So we started Rally Forever, incorporated it. And now we run free tennis community programs all around Australia for all different uh, demographics and all different types of organizations, whether it's Vinnie's, whether it's Salva- the Salvation Army, um, whether it's mental health groups, or whether it's just people out there that are feeling really isolated or disconnected. Um, that is that is what we're all about. So, yeah, it's um, it's a program that anyone can come, um, and we don't judge. And it's just an hour on a tennis court, and we have coaches all around Australia helping us out. So, it, we've just grown, and and we need to grow more to help more people with that social connection. Um, yeah. I think that's the the biggest thing: that early intervention and preventative, um, yeah. kind of part of what we do. Okay, so I'm just looking at um, your ambassadors. If you want to check it out, listeners, Rally Forever. That's the number four, rallyforever.org. Sam Stoza, Pat Cash. So Michael Caton, the, the great Australian actor. Seal, the incredible entertainer as well. Tell us about the event you've got coming up, Coogee, later this month. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a co-fundraiser um, with another organisation called Mood Active and they do a fantastic job as well of helping people with mental health illnesses, a little bit more along the educational line and doing opportunities of more sports. But we're going to join together on the 22nd of October in Coogee to do a fundraiser with Rally Forever. We've got Sam Stozer coming down. Uh, we've got Scott Draper. Uh, coming down. So we've got pros. We've got Matt Moran um, coming and, and jumping on the barbecue. And we've got teams. And there's still a few spots. And, look, I'd love for even you, Jimmy, to, to put together a team from SEN. Maybe you can reach out to, to Brace Astor or uh, Luke Rickardson, any of these guys, or even Candace Warner. They all live, I think. Uh, well, a couple of them live right near Coogee. But yeah. I'd love for you to put in a team. And it's all about creating awareness. It's Mental Health Month. And um, we're, we're in the game of just helping people and, um, yeah, just lifting them and, and having a little bit of fun. But it will be a seriously fun day. There's also a, a kids component to it. We've got uh, free hot shots. Uh, New South, Tennis New South Wales are coming. They've got some coaches coming. Um, there's free giveaways to the United Cup. They're going to have the United Cup on display. So, um, wow. yeah, so bring your children as well. It's going to be a great festival day. And I get information on that from the same website, rallyforever.org? Yeah, or jump onto our Instagram as well, um, which is just rallyforeverAUS, or jump onto Mood Active's one. Um, But, yeah, reach out to us. We'll send you some information, and we would love to have some, some teams to come and play and just to have a whole lot of fun. I'll tell you what, I've got Neil Fraser, non-playing captain, written all over me based on the 1980 <laughs> Davis Cup. But I do know someone who hits a tennis ball all right, so I might find out if she's available. So um, oh, we, we would it. absolutely love to do it. Louise, as always, a pleasure to speak with you. Congratulations on what you're doing with Rally Forever, and we'll see you on the 22nd down at Coogee. You are a champion, Jimmy. Thanks, mate. And don't worry. Give me a call if you need to work on your forehand or just ask Trace <laughs> to work on that a little bit before the day. Sure.
she gets very frustrated with me, so I might have to give you a call on that. <laughs> That's right. It's like the mechanic's wife's car is always broken down. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Louise Fleming, thank you. Thanks, mate. All right. Welcome back to the program. 206, I swear, we know who 206 is. 206 refuses to let him or herself be revealed. But, Jim, I had posters of Anna Kornikova, Tracy Height, and Justin Justin Dooley on my wall, 206. Well, that made me laugh, 206, but uh, not sure anyone else. Afternoon, Jimmy. I hope you're well. Thank you, Greenkeeping Rooster. I hope you're well also on this Wellness Wednesday. I think they've got this World Cup side horribly wrong. The balance of the team is bad. Nothing against Mitch Marsh, but he isn't an opener. And then you have Stoinis and Green, who haven't exactly set the world on fire in the 50-over game. I reckon Cam, Cam So Cam Green went from IPL to Ashes to Cricket World Cup. I wonder how he's coping with that. Uh, then you keep an injured player in the squad while he sits in Adelaide. Yeah, that's Travis Head. So it's, they haven't got it right at all, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, thank you very much uh, for that one, Greenkeeping Rooster. Uh, news coming up. Um, Jimmy, if you don't have social media, then people can't say bad things. Uh, get off the socials. Your life will have less dramas. That's from the Logan Warrior. I look at it this way, Logan Warrior. It, it, it sort of cuts both ways, doesn't it? So social media is an extension for a lot. Think about it from a, a top 10 tennis player. So I've talked about Igor Fiontek. So... Iga doesn't have a contract to play tennis. She goes to all these tennis tournaments. She gets really well paid because she's one of the best in the world. She has been a former world number one. She might have an annual contract with a clothing manufacturer, and she'll also have an annual contract with a a tennis uh, racket manufacturer. So they want her to be as prolific on social media as possible, right? That's an extension of her brand. They can't just wait for her to be seen on a television. on broadcast of a match saying, oh, wow, she's using Wilson Racket. I don't know what Ega uses. But, you know, they want that all across her social media. There is a great opportunity there. So for you asking her to get off social media, that's unfair because that inhibits her capacity to uh, make money out of her limited professional uh, time as a professional. So that that's the problem. So, and remember, the problem's not then having social media. The problem is them being criticised, uh, often in a slanderous fashion, often in a uh, defaming way, often in a vile and abusive way. So how is that their fault? Yes, getting off it would solve that, but then it also limits them. So you, there's no real easy answer to that. Junior Smithy got back to me. Jimmy, yeah, Dez did make two grand finals, but how he damaged the club for many years afterwards is definitely not worth it. So Junior Smithy's... Thoughts on that one. Uh, Jimmy, for me, it was L the Body McPherson on Sports Illustrated cover. <laughs> Thanks for the memory, Steve. We are a sports show, just to let you know. Just just to remind you on that one. Uh, G'day, Shagger. Spotted the great Matt Nable at the Norellan Anytime Gym doing a workout near the big fella. Now, uh, the reptile is, I'm presuming you're calling yourself the big fella reptile. Uh, and he just wanted to say what a great guy Matt Nable is. So, big fella a.k.a. Reptile, when are you there? Because I go to the Norellan Anytime Gym at different stages during the course of the week. So there you go. There you go. We might run into each other. one 300 one The text line 457 
736 736. Let's get to the news and then we're back with uh, lots happening. Uh, an update from Coach K with Afternoons Amplified. Thank you, Amy. Welcome back to the program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 01 1170 Get us on the text line you have. You've been sending through a huge amount of texts. We love it. We love it. Uh, who was up on your bedroom wall, sports-wise? You can tell us the other stuff, I'm sure. It's, I've got a text message from the analyst, just to let you know, to Raquel Welsh. So Raquel was on his wall, and my mother ripped it down. Yes, uh, again. Uh, much like the wolf, a lot of time spent on a leather couch with that one. Uh, Jimmy, my first poster was Karen Pinney. She was Australia's first real supermodel uh, Playboy centerfold in nine. Okay, all right, Matt. Thank you very much for that one. Uh, Carmelo said I had posters of Xena, Warrior Princess, and Sandra Sully. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Sandra Sully. Okay, um, now we. This is a sports program. Uh, just to remind you on that, I certainly wasn't allowed to have any photos of that nature. Uh, I was a Catholic, good Catholic boy back in the day, and mum just wouldn't have had it. Uh, talk about total opposites. I had Anna Cornicover on the bedroom wall. This is Willow from Windsor. And Steve Carter from the Panthers on the science book. I spent a lot more time in my bedroom than studying science. Uh, thank you, Willow from Windsor. Maybe a little too much information on that one there. And just before we get to Afternoons Amplified, Bondi Jack says, Jimmy, Demon got to number 11 last week and has bottled it, to be honest. I doubt he will ever make top 10, but at 24, time, 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 time's on your side. Yes, it is. I think the big show, Max, so that's Max Purcell and Rinky Dink will go past the pop gun, Alex. Uh, okay, thank you very much for that. Bondi Jack. All right, let's get to this. Afternoons Amplified. Now, Coach, you all very excited saying that there is lots of news coming through. What's the latest? Well, let's start with this. Now, I know, Jimmy, it's another bit of Rabbitohs news. And listeners, if you're a Rabbitohs fan, you'll be happy to know, this is in the Daily Telegraph, that South Sydney have rocked the Gold Coast by joining forces with Kebra Park. Now, Mm. I'm sure a lot of rugby league fans know the Kebra Park School, the college, uh, Payne Haas was out of there, David Fafita, Reese Walsh, AJ Brimson, a lot of great talent out of there, and the Rabbitohs have teed up with them. Now, I want to know, Jimmy, how do the mm-hmm. Titans not seal that deal with Kebra Park, knowing that it's literally on their doorstep, and how do the Rabbitohs get something like that over the line? It's incredible. So the way they did it was um, Kebra Park asked the Gold Coast Titans for exclusivity. As in, you can't work with any of the other high schools in the area. And the Gold Coast Titans said, no, we don't want to be limited to that. So they went, okay, if you won't have us exclusively, then we'll go to another club exclusively. And that's the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So the South Sydney Rabbitohs um, are following the lead of the Bulldogs. So the Bulldogs have got their uh, feeder club up there in Toowoomba. So they've also got their stuff on the far north coast. So basically what they're saying as South Sydney are saying it. We know the Roosters have done it previously. The Melbourne Storm do it. The Penrith Panthers probably did it first. And that is go to other areas and invest in them. So do do your junior development, um, play games there, uh, help out with the administration of competitions, et cetera, et cetera, um, gear, player visits, all that sort of stuff. And then you can engage them and you extend the number of juniors that you have in your uh, pathways. And we all know um, that there's a, a balance between the recruitment of NRL players and the development of NRL players. And, and finding that balance is very important. So 
Um, Cobra Park looking for exclusivity with the Titans. Titans said, nah, we don't want to give that. So the South Sydney Rabbitohs have swooped. Uh, you know what? That's that's the world that we live in. I've, I've got no problem with it either way. Where would you put Kibra Park in the list of schools? Are they top three, would you say? I know there's so many of those rugby league schools around, but where would you put uh, them? Oh, they'd be top three in Queensland. Um, top three in Queensland. We've got the sports high schools. They're the big ones down there at um, in, in New South Wales, like your uh, Westfields. Um, uh, what are the other ones? Uh, what's the one? Marrickville, mm. uh, Endeavour, Sports High. Uh, and then you've got Patrician Brothers, Blacktown. So they're Hill Sports High. And then up in Queensland, you've got uh, Cobra Park. There's another one. Uh, is it Marsden State High? Yeah, that um, rings a bell. And there's another one up there in Townsville or, or in Cairns. And there's just players everywhere up there. So, um, yeah, there's there's they'd be top. Kibra Park, what about this? Tim Smith is former Kibra mm. Park. So I know you get excited about that. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I, they'd be definitely top three in Queensland. Actually, Queensland listeners might want to tell us who are the top four or five rugby league high schools up there. And they're all very similar to what they've done here with the state sports high schools, and that is concentration of talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just another thing, Jimmy, as well. Uh, Reuben Cotter, now have a listen to this. He's issued a plea to Samoa to not rough him up too badly on Saturday. And if you want to know why, this is in Widewater Sports. He's set mm-hmm. to marry his longtime partner, Mackenzie, on Sunday. So I think, it, look, to be honest, Reuben Cotter, he plays hard. He's used to collisions. <laughs> He's used to roughing himself up. He made a really interesting comment. He goes, we've got Photoshop these days too, which helps. I have no doubt that McKenzie is stressing for Saturday's game. No doubt in my mind. Okay, so all eyes on Reuben Cotter. Hopefully he gets through the game safely. Um, but isn't that interesting? So all these – Dylan Edwards not going to his brother's wedding, but Reuben Cotter said, hey, Dahl, I reckon I'm going to get selected for Australia. <laughs> and I know that that first game's going to be up in Townsville. So why don't we do this? Why don't we get married on the Sunday? How's that? Here's the other thing. Mm. I'm not calling Reuben Cotter a massive tight ass. However – we know there is a discount on getting these joints on a Friday or a Sunday compared to a Saturday. Am I right or am I right, Coach? Uh, you're right, Jimmy. You're right. But look. So Reuben Cotter's a tight ass. <laughs> uh, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Yes. When's he honeymoon? Like, is Mal going to go, right, see you later. You can go for three days. Because they, they've got the week off before mm. they go to Melbourne. So does he take the honeymoon and say, yeah, yeah, Mal, I'll be training. No problem, pal. The other part of it is. Mal, who's who's Ruben Cotter's best man? Like, is it Malman Inger or Billy Slater, or is it Todd Payton? You two, like seriously, what's going on? <laughs> oh, yeah, you you save you save the honeymoon for for afterwards, and you just have to roll with the punches. That's what I say. So, what do you say? Uh, great wedding, Dale. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm going down to I'm going down to Albury with Mal and the team, and then I'm going to I and if we win that game. We'll have to go over and play in New Zealand as well. So. I, th- I think you're gonna have to. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to. Hey, well, they do get eight. They do get eight weeks off too. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Yeah. Hey, just before I do go, Jimmy, this is the last story I'll touch on. We go. I know we have to go to a break, but Australia and Indonesia are weighing up a joint bid. This is in the Sydney Morning Herald for the 2034 Men's World Cup. Now, that could also include Malaysia and Singapore as co-hosts, but it looks like Saudi Arabia is the favourite at this stage. So. I mean, good luck. I would love to see another World Cup on our shores. I think it'll be fantastic. 
Will they get it over Saudi Arabia? Not too sure. <laughs> I can be sure. Yeah, it's a no no go, right? I mean, look, it's going to be a it, it will be a great bid, no doubt. Look, the- no doubt, no doubt, there'll be people. You know, what did we spend last time on it? Forty three million taxpayers' yeah. money, and yeah. we got what? How many votes? Wouldn't be many. We got one. Yeah, exactly. Now it's subsequently been exposed for being, you know, rife with corruption, but <laughs> that was under what was his name? Sepp Blatter. Yes. What a funny little fellow he was. Mm. <laughs> Uh, it's a war of war. oh mate every rot under the sun Sep well done come on down but uh, Gianni Infantino is it any different it's like it, it, as in all sports all sports in fact in life Coach K if you use this as your cardinal rule then follow the money <laughs> wherever the money is that's where it's going to be it's like the IOC yesterday talking about the uh, cricket being in the Olympics. Hang on. Sorry, how many? Two billion followers. Right. And it's good on telly. Oh, we might invite it to come in. What are, what are they up against? Skateboarding. How many fans are that? 13? Oh, right. Well, we'll go with the cricket option. Thanks. That'd be great. <laughs> so um, follow the money, Coach K. Follow mm. the money. Yes. Moral of the story, Jimmy. That is afternoon's Amplified. Uh, thank you. Benji Marshall from Cobra Park. Yes, 206. He is. Wavell, state high. That's it, Pat. That's the one I was. Palm Beach, Corumbin, one of the top schools, says Adam on the Gold Coast. Uh, good on you. Um, <laughs> hope you're well on Wellness Wednesday, says Pat. Uh, sorry, Queenslander, Pat. Uh, and he also put P.S. Alfie's still better than Joey. Right. So no change to that since yesterday. Uh, thank you for that. Pat. All right, we're going to get ourselves to the break. After the break, we're back with more of your text messages. Keep sending them in. Uh, you got the chance to win $100 cash, all thanks to Tristan and the team at Top Sport. All right, welcome back to the program. Lots of text messages coming in. We're doing that all thanks to sbsfence.com.au too, by the way. Best schools in southeast Queensland. Uh, Palm Beach, Corumban, Kibra Park, Marsden, Maybell Park, and Ipswich High School says 886. So, uh, good on you for sending that through. Um, imagine if Reuben Cotter's best man is Dylan Edwards. <laughs> Wouldn't that piss off the Edwards household? No, it's not. I'm sure it's not. But uh, thank you for that. Uh, now, we're getting this from 099. Ben Iken, Ben Hannett, Darius Boyd, Kevin Proctor, Sammy Parrott, Ryan James and Cody Walker, all from Palm Beach, Corumban. So, yeah, I knew that they were they were up there. Uh, Trotman has chipped in with our posters on the wall. Um the legends, Peter Schmeichel and Ryan Giggs. I was a goalie back in my younger days and loved Schmeichel. And I share the name, uh, same name as Giggsy. So, all right, Ryan Trotman. So, thank you for that. Um, Crime Scene says, Jimmy, when I was young, I had a picture of Boney M on my bedroom wall. I thought they were a world-famous Fijian band. I didn't know that they came from Germany. So, <laughs> okay, Crime Scene. Thank you for that. Uh, now, 886 also tells me Jimmy South have signed young Harvey Smith, the son of Hudson Smith, who played for the West Tigers. Now, Hudson Smith also played for the Salford City Reds, and then he played for the Bradford Bulls. Harvey is the halfback for the Cooper Park side that have won the past two premierships in the schoolboys comp. So there you go. Yeah, Hudson, uh, lovely fella. Uh, played some good footy over in England as well. So... That's good. I'll keep an eye out for his young bloke, Harvey Smith. Uh, Samantha Fox, yibbida yibbida. 
Uh, okay, Rooster Man, I won't go with the rest of that. Thank you very much. JS, uh, g'day, JS. I had Marco Van Basten, Rude Hullet, and Richard Hadley cooking a barbecue at our house from 1985. So, JS, can you explain that? I don't know. If I, am I missing something on that? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that one, but uh, thank you. Uh, hey, Jimmy, there's only one man who can save the Aussie cricket team, and his name is Stephen O'Keefe. <laughs> That's from Kane on the Central Coast. You must be related, Kane, are you? Uh, anyway, uh, the Sox squeezing the lemon, turning out for the Sydney Sixers again this season. I heard him talking yesterday about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. You should be playing for as long as they say you can't play anymore. Looking at the Kangaroos team, very strong. Love having Edwards in the starting squad. Concerned with no backs on the bench. Also, what happened to Nico? Well, Nico's 18th man. So I was looking at that that side a little bit earlier. It's listed as Valentine Holmes as like 20, well, 21st. They must, they must have to list the old, the whole squad. He's not going to play. Not going to play. Mick from North Lake says voiceover for the NRL. Wave the checkbook at Rabs. Um, I don't know where that's come from. Mick from North Lakes, but uh, there you go. EJ saying, hey, Jimmy and Coach K, I'm on a couple of weeks holiday. Good for you, EJ. And my mate from Sydney, the Colleton Conjurer, is visiting. That sounds dangerous. We're going to the Ipswich racetrack this afternoon, and we'll let you know when we win a fortune. Please do. Actually, EJ, can you let me know just before you win a fortune? That that would be the best thing uh, I would have thought. G'day, Jimmy. The two posters I had as a kid were the great Greg, Brandy Alexander, and Mark War. Both have very similar attributes, both extremely gifted, naturals. Both made their game look effortless. Brandy is my all-time favourite, though. After all, he's the only mortal to walk on water. Nathan Cleary has taken a few steps, and he'll well and truly be walking alongside the great Brandy in a few years. That's from Coth's Panther. Good on you, Coth's Panther. Yeah, you could argue the one-two for Penrith in their history, Nathan Cleary and Greg Alexander. All right. That was all thanks to sbsfence.com.au. We'll get to a break and then we're back to wrap up this hour. Ah, welcome back to the program. Just maintaining my hydration levels there. Getting very hot out at Corridor. So it's a work from home Wednesday as well. It's a wellness Wednesday. Hope everyone's tracking okay. We've stolen a night. Well, hang on, let me we've extended an idea. We've we've continued an idea around a talk topic that Ben Davis up there at SENQ had earlier, and that is who was up on your bedroom wall who are the posters on the wall that you've had we've had some interesting contributions uh we'll have to ask Tamika Upton who she had on her bedroom wall what posters she had there she's coming up very shortly she's going to play her very first game for the Jillaroos I can't believe it she's an out and out superstar I think we all agree on that she's 26 years of age now and playing her first game for the Jillaroos so uh just injuries and uh, things have transpired against her on that one but she will make a stunning debut against the Kiwi Ferns, no doubt. And the Who Am I is back. It's really exciting time. So to the 2 o'clock flock, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 if you want to be a part of that. Keep the text messages coming in. JS said, RJH, which is Richard James Hadley, was a family friend and came to our place a few times in the 80s. What? You've kept that well hidden, JS. I even played front yard cricket with him. Multiple items signed for our schools, et cetera, et cetera. True story. Oh. I don't mean to doubt you on that, but show me some of those photos. That's um, that's just incredible. Uh, so well done on that one. Uh, time now to speak to our man Tristan Merlhan from Top Sport. Remember, if you want, to, I'm almost scared to ask Tristan who 
it up on the uh, bedroom wall. Anyway, top odds every time. Bet with top four. G'day, T. G'day, Jimmy. How are you going? Uh, mate, I'm well, and I will ask you, yeah. as I said, with a fair bit of trepidation, who who were the posters on your wall as a kid growing up? So you're after, not now, not who I've got up on my wall now, because yeah, that could be dangerous, but when um, <laughs> when I was a, a youngster, and, and, and I think there might be, he might even be listening today, actually, um, our good friend Scotty Sattler actually had his shorts up on my bedroom um, wall when I, when I was a youngster, when Penrith won the 2003 oh, no. grand final, and he made the, uh, made the, the try-saving tackle. So, yes, oh, very, no. very fond of Sats back in the day. Okay, well, that's going to get back to him. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that. Mate, I heard he and his great mate, Matty Rogers, just going on and on yesterday, basically saying New South Wales don't get state of origin, but Queensland do. So you guys have got it all wrong. So um, thank you thank you for that, Scott. That's two and a half minutes I'll never get back. But anyway, all right, let's get Rugby World Cup, mate. We're at the quarterfinal stages. It seems a little lopsided, this competition, but we've got a very strong one side of the draw. And a not so strong other side of the draw. Where are we going with the quarterfinals, mate? Yeah, the Wallabies have performed a little bit like the New South Wales Origin team, and are oh. not involved in the quarterfinals, unfortunately. But you are right; the uh, the the draw looks very lopsided here, and we've got some some cracking games coming up. We've got Wales against Argentina uh, to kick things off. It's a dollar fifty Wales, two fifty five Argentina. Four and a half is the line. And then the game I think a lot of people are waiting for. I think the winner of this uh, probably goes on and wins the World Cup. It's Ireland $1.74, New Zealand mm. 206, one and a half. What a cracking game of football that's going to be. Sunday morning at 6 o'clock New South Wales time. Yeah, that is absolutely huge, isn't it? Uh, ICC Cricket World Cup as well. Now, the Aussies in action tomorrow night. Before that, it should be straightforward for India, though Afghanistan do have a couple of standout X-Factor players. Yeah, they certainly do. I was just getting a rundown um, from our good friend, Mr. Haddon, about his thoughts for the, the cricket coming up. And India, $1.09. Afghanistan, $7. India looked very, very hard to beat. But then I think we all eyes will be on the Aussie game tomorrow where... The Aussies are $1.66 and South Africa $2.20. We, we know what happened there not that long ago when Australia took on the South Africans. And $2.20 about South Africa, as unpatriotic as that might sound, um, it represents a little bit of value, I believe. So there could be a few changes in that side as well, potentially stoyness into the starting side for the Aussies. Okay, just looking at this, you've got your um, winner market up as well. And despite the fact they lost their first game, Australia's second favourites on that one. Did Mr Haddon have anything to say about from a long-range point of view, who we like the look of? Uh, we, I, I think Australia seemed very short at that $6. Hopefully the market's yeah. right, because it is a very, very much a worldwide market. Obviously, the Indians uh, were very firm favourites going into it. They're still $2.45 favourite. Australia's $6 second pick. But then you've got England, six twenty-five. Uh, New Zealand at six fifty. Then South Africa, maybe they're the ones that maybe a few people are talking about. Seven dollars. Pakistan nine. Unfortunately, Sri Lanka. They were looking the goods for a little while, but they've just copped a few injuries. And at a hundred to one, they look like they're going to be also rounds in this competition. But yes, very very even comp away from India there as the top pick. Now uh, Saturday we have the seventh running of the Everest. Uh, just wanted to ask you. I think I'm doing it on behalf of five five four, but. What happened with the uh, representatives of Milo Racing with Summer Loving and the Everest slot holders? Did negotiations break down there, Tristan? What happened? 
Yeah, there were a couple of clauses in our negotiations when we needed to get it done. We obviously started this a little while back and obviously the first um, precursor to getting a slot in the Everest was we needed to break the maiden duck for some of them. <laughs> and, um, unfortunately, that's yet to be. So there hasn't been any uh, phone calls uh, returned. So uh, some oh, of them, may, maybe next year, but certainly not this year, unfortunately. So negotiations did, did stall on the first uh, first hurdle. Okay, all right. What about the market after the barrier draw last night? And what about the fact that we couldn't... I wanted to have a look at the market yesterday, but I couldn't see it anywhere. Yes, I found that quite interesting as well. Um, Obviously, there was uh, a lot of um, pomp and show put on for the barrier draw and um, obviously got a lot of people engaged with it. We did miss out on a full day worth of betting on the back of it. So how that sort of flows through to the bottom line, I'm not quite certain. But we're going to have a really good back end of the week and there's going to be very, very vibrant betting on the Everest as we get closer to Saturday. It's, it's one of the best races in the world now. It's, it's a high-quality race. Obviously, there's a couple of those guns that aren't appearing. Nature Strip retiring, Giga Kick, um, obviously pulled out a, a month or so ago. So we've got a very, very open field. It will hopefully crown a new star of the sprint scene in Australia. And we've got three very, very tight favourites up the top of the board. Think about it, $4.40. I wish I win. Four forty out to five dollars. It's been the biggest drifter on the back of the barrier draw, despite drawing that number one alley, which is a little bit surprising. Um, private eye seven dollars into five fifty. It's been very, very well backed, and it's drawn barrier nine. So whether that indicates the punters maybe are looking for for something drawn a little bit deeper um, in in their early speed maps down the bottom as well has been a few big goes for Shinzo. 18 into 15, and Espiona as well, 18 into 15. But the one that has seen the biggest volume of money is in secret, $18 into 10. Ooh, ooh, there you go. Uh, Zach Purton to ride for um, the Blue Army. I know you don't like the Blue Army at times uh, on a Saturday, Tristan. But um, what about, uh, and I know you're getting an indication of it now, but turnover and, and what you're holding on the Everest, does that continue to grow? Oh, year on year, it's been a, a very, very strong turnover event. I, I think, you know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, people laughed when they were trying to run comparisons about the Everest being one of the feature races over that spring. I think now we've seen that uh, Caulfield Cup was on this this day. I'm not sure if it was last year or at least the year before. And now we've mm. moved that just to get a little bit more clear air, which I think is a really smart decision. I think we've got a great day of racing in Caulfield and also in Sydney on Saturday. And uh, the Everest is a jewel in the crown this weekend. And... Um, you know, Melbourne's acknowledged that. They've, they've pushed their calendar around a little bit to, to try to maximise turnover in both states. I think that's a really good thing. I think the turnover is going to be through the roof on Saturday. Um, and it's probably the, the first really, really massive day of the carnival now that the footy's all done and dusted. Absolutely. Can't wait. Good on you, mate. We will speak again tomorrow. Speak, speak tomorrow. Thanks, mate. Tristan Merlihan there. Remember, if you want top odds every time, you've got to bet with Top Sport. Feel the excitement. What are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Righto, let's get into this. Time now for the two o'clock flock. Well, he didn't ring for a couple of weeks and now he's rung back to back. How are you, Stevie, up there in Brisbane? Good afternoon, Jimmy. Mate, just in regards to the schoolboy stuff, I just thought yeah. I'd try two cents worth in. Yeah, Waverley, Waverley Park. Um, the thing that we might be forgetting is Kerwin in Townsville. Kerwin's, Kerwin's won two titles. Kerwin, uh, so that's the school I was thinking of. Yeah, Kerwin State yeah, High. And then you've got Trinity, Trinity College in Cairns. It's, that's never won one, but they produce a lot of good footballers. St. Brendan's at Yapoon has done Ben Hunt and Corey Oaks and things like that. But when you're talking to Tamika Upton, you might want to just talk to her about her, one of her first coaches, Harry Grant's mum. 
Hang on a minute. Harry Grant's yep. mum was one of the very first rugby league coaches for Tamika Upton. Correct. What's her name? Uh, well, Mrs. Grant. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, Harry's mum coached her at Yapoon. So. Wow. Okay, mate. Yeah, I love yeah. it. And Harry, Any, and, Harry didn't get, and Harry didn't go to St. Brendan's. He went to Yapoon High. So. Oh, there you go. Good on you, mate. Thank you, Stevie. If anyone else has got a question that they want me to ask to Tamika Upton, um, I love that. Mrs. Grant. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Jace is on the line. G'day, Jace. What do you got for us, mate? G'day, Jimmy. Um, I Just a quick call, mate, about what, what I had on my uh, my bedroom wall as a kid. Um, yes. Just quickly, Tracy, Tracy Smith obviously has great taste with that uh, the Brat Pack on her yes. childhood wall. Like, yes. that's that's pretty awesome. And it probably explains some of your kids' names too. Like it um, does. which is probably yes. I've noted that. Very good, mate. Um as a kid I was a huge tennis fan, Jimmy. Um I had my rugby league weeks, which I got in New Zealand, um, religiously. But I had uh, Swedish tennis ace Stefan Edberg on my wall. Now I oh, yeah. I was a huge fan of Stefan's I admired his style, his backhand was sublime, and he had a cool, calm demeanour, like that real Swedish sort of style of playing. Uh, he was in that same era as like Mats Belanda and Ivan Lendl and McEnroe and Agassi. And yeah, that was me, Jimmy. Oh, I absolutely loved the bloke. Okay, Steph, uh, uh, the ice cold, uh, the ice cool Swiss. Uh, no, the ice cool Swede. The ice cool Swede is what they used to call him. Uh, two-time Aussie Open winner, two-time Wimbledon winner, two-time US Open winner, uh, and made the final of the French Open. So he nearly won on all surfaces. Um, that is a great nomination. Uh, there you go. Good on you, Jace. Thank you for that. All right, let's go. This will be good. I wonder what posters Harry hit. Hello, Harry. I didn't have posters. I had two. <laughs> corner post at the end of my bed, cardboard, which after the matches, kids, we used to run on and pinch the um, line goalpost, uh, you know, the um, cardboard. Yeah, corner line. post. Uh, you had on uh, Louise Fleming. Are uh, you yeah. going to hold that out of Coogee? Yeah, Coogee on the 22nd of October. I played on them courts nearly 70 years ago. The wind used to blow. They had hessian along the, the wires of the court to try and stop the wind. I played yeah. a bloke called Alan Rogers. He's a left-hander. Jimmy, you were lucky to get the ball out of the net, let alone hit a winner. I beat him 6-4, one of the hardest sets that had in Fremlet Cup. And on the court next door to me was Nolene Turner, Leslie's older sister. She was playing Agnes and Keith. I remember she was a very good player. But as could you make the wind blows off the uh, well, water. Hey, good on you, Harry. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. So the corner posts on the end of your bed, 70 years since you played it. Coogee and just be ready for a really windy day. Okay, I'll have to be I'll have to be fully aware of that when I start preparing for that event. I've left it late. It's on October 22. So good on you, H. Um, 
Great to hear from you, mate. All right, let's get ourselves to a break. After that, we're back. We're speaking with Tamika Upton. We've got to ask about Harry Grant's mum. All right, welcome back to the program. Just before we get to our special guest, Tamika Upton. Hi, Jimmy. A change in working hours has me able to tune into your show instead of Dan's tradie show in the morning. I'm showing my age, but my bedroom wall had Doug Walters and Brian Tabor after meeting them at a kids' cricket clinic at Wellington in the early 1970s. That's the Yeovil Truman. Yes, you are showing your age there, but um, two legends of the game of cricket. Speaking of legends, Tamika Upton is about to make her debut for the Gillaroos. She's a four-time grand final winner, a two-time Karen Murphy medalist, and a one-time Dallium medalist. She did that this year. I'm happy to say she is on the line. G'day, Tamika. Hello, how are you? Yeah, really. Well, actually, I might start there. As a kid growing up, did you have any people you aspired to be like up on the bedroom walls to give you inspiration? Um, well, no, there probably wasn't really many women playing, but I did obviously look up to a fair few footy players. Uh, I really loved Greg Inglis. Um, loved the ah, Rabbitohs. Right. So when he went there, that was unreal. Ah, GI and the Rabbitohs. There you go. Um very yeah. good, very good. Um, big win for the Gillaroos last year in the World Cup final against the Kiwi Ferns. So um, I'm sure that's in the back of their minds. But what about for you, brand new into this Gillaroos squad? Have you have you found the fit seamless? Um, yeah, it's been good. I've obviously played with a fair few of these girls um, coming from Queensland, um, especially Ali and Taryn. So um, mm. it's a pretty smooth transition from that, but... It's obviously just been really exciting uh, playing with a fair few different girls and, um, yeah, getting to know them. It feels extraordinary that you haven't played for the Gillaroos previously um, because for a long time you've been considered one of the stars of the game. Why is that, Tamika? And, um, and there's different things can conspire at different times. Yeah, no, I think um, the timing's always just been um, not right for me. I think I've had a fair few injuries and they've always sort of turned up towards end of season and that's usually when the rep uh, the rep season's starting so um, this year I've been able to keep keep together pretty well um, um, really worked on my body in the off season um, so yeah I've been able to hang on yeah how would you describe your back end of the year it was a pretty exciting final week for you Dalian medal on the Monday uh, yeah no Wednesday night and then grand final on the Sunday and a couple of tries for you and some try assists. Um, how do you describe the, the end of the season? Um, yeah, it actually, it was kind of overwhelming in a way, I think, um, because I'm, I'm a pretty big footy head. So I have a routine of just going in at the start of the week, getting a game plan sort of set, um, doing a fair bit of video, but I wasn't able to do much of that with um, everything else going on. Uh, yep. But it was obviously very exciting and, I was around uh, a few of my friends um, and family and stuff. So it was actually a very exciting time. And then building into the grand final um, and obviously winning was unreal. So it's been, yeah, quite overwhelming. You, you've had enormous success with the Brisbane Broncos and it's it's such a big move away from your home state, away from your family to come down to Newcastle. And then you, you doubled down on that by extending your time at Newcastle. What are the things about Newcastle and the Knights that, make you feel like it's a home away from home? Um, I would say I, just the place in general makes it feel like sort of home. I'm from Rockhampton, so it's it's nice and slow for me. Um, but obviously it's got beautiful beaches. And I think probably the girls and the culture we created uh, last year has made it feel like home. So 
Um, I love the place, um, love the club, and, and love the girls particularly. So, um, yeah, yeah, I've got a pretty good setup there at the moment. Uh, am, am I right in saying that you either spent some time living with Jesse and Hannah Southwell or you're around there a lot? Uh, uh, your coach, Ronnie Griffiths, made mention of it previously when we had him on the program about how important they were with, with not just you, but all players from out of town. Yeah, I actually um, lived with them uh, when I first came and it was unreal, obviously, being pretty far away from family. Um, it's nice to have that sort of family feel and um, and they do do that to, to the girls that sort of come in. They're obviously Newcastle born and bred, so take you around a little bit. Um, and, yeah, it was good from a footy point of view, but it was also good um, off-field, yeah, able to switch off and, and just hang out sort of with a family. It was nice. Now, we've had a call of Steve from Brisbane who said, when you get Tamika on, you've got to ask her about one of her early coaches. Am I right in saying that Harry Grant's mum was one of your early coaches in rugby league? Yeah, she was actually. Um, she's a legend. She's um, living in Yapoon and um, doing a fair bit of volunteering um, and helping out with the Yapoon Seagulls. And they got a women's team together and she put a hand up to coach it. And that was my first sort of return back to rugby league. So um, I knew Margie through touch days. And yeah, she sort of got me there to play and it all kicked off from there. She's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, Margie Grant. Because I said, oh, what's her name? And he said, Mrs. Grant. So we were going to run with Mrs. Yeah. Grant. So <laughs> um, just on that, you mentioned touch footy. I know that you've played a bit of netball as well. Were you one of those kids, Tamika, that, that played a bit of everything and sort of worked out what you liked and worked out what you were good at? There's sort of a different strategy that you can use when it comes to how you pursue your sport. Yeah, I actually started playing league and touch footy. Um and I loved netball as well and uh, obviously couldn't play footy with the boys past 12 years old. So played touch and netball predominantly. And I always loved league though. So um, as soon as that pathway opened up, I knew that's definitely what I wanted to do. And um, But I'm grateful for the other sports. So I think, you know, it teaches you a range of skills. Yeah. Um, you talked about getting back with uh, uh, the halves pairing that you know so well, Taryn Aiken and Ali Brigginshaw. And I talk about this with Ali. It, it just blows me away as the father of uh, young boys and a girl. The fact that Ali Brigginshaw, because there were no pathways that you talk about now, Ali Brigginshaw played for Queensland in the state PWSA rugby league team. And she was in the boys' team. Like, she, she was the only girl, but she, she happened to play in, in the boys' team as well. That's not the case now, and that's so good. I've got a, a nine-year-old daughter that loves her rugby league, and at this stage, she's still playing with the boys. Are you fully aware of the impact that you have on next generation of footy players? And it's not just the girls, but it's both genders as well? Yeah, and I think that's probably the most important part is it's both genders and we've got a few girls um, rocking up to open training sessions and it's good that they can actually see that pathway. But I think more importantly, it's good that kids are growing up with women's footy on TV so they can see it, um, aspire to get there and it's going to be the new normal uh, sort of when they're older and, and running around. Um, it's going to be the new normal that women's footy is televised and, and it's a pathway. Yeah, and, and that's right. And the, and the boys... Um, just view it as, yep, the, the footy's on the telly and this time it's the women that are playing. Uh, up against the Kiwi Ferns, what has Coach Brad Donald asked of you? Is it is it anything different to what you're used to doing at, at Newcastle or for Queensland? Um, no, it's sort of the same stuff, which is good. It makes it a bit easier 
to transition. But um, no, just a lot of effort areas, which is important for a fullback and just to play off the back of um, the structure that we have here, which is good. Yeah, I'm looking at this Kiwi Fernside and the, the beauty of the NRLW is that there's a lots of familiar names there and we sort of know how they play, the vast majority of them. Is there anyone that's been top of the tip sheet for Brad Donald about who you need to be careful of, uh, who's going to present a danger? Um, not yet. We haven't quite um, touched into that yet. We've sort of just been getting together and focusing on ourselves, but I'm sure we've got a few there. But, um, a few of them girls had really outstanding NRLW seasons, so... It will definitely be on to that. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Tamika, great to spend time with you. Congratulations on the season that you've had. Just extraordinary from a from a team level and from an individual level as well. And congratulations on your call-up for the Gillaroos. Well-deserved, and we wish you all the very best for Saturday night and beyond. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Tamika Upton there, an out-and-out star of the NRLW, and she will be in action on Saturday night against the Kiwi Ferns. Now, Steve has sent a text message in. Hi, Jimmy. Mrs. Grant also loves her new Mazda CX-5 that her son, Harry, bought for her when he was up for the origin. Uh, Good on you, Steve, Uh, and well done to you, Harry. Uh, So what was that? Margie Grant. Uh, What did uh, Tamika say? Uh, Yeah, she's a legend. So there you go. All right, let's get ourselves to the break and then get ready for the world-famous... Who am I? <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Swivel says, Jimmy, the Coogee Beach Club, the old bowling club just up the road from the tennis courts is awesome. I was staying just up the road in the school holidays and the beer is <laughs> sensational. So thank you, Swivel. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I used to go to a few uh, 21st birthdays at the Coogee Beach Club. Um, yeah, good good part of the world. Jimmy, I had Diego Maradona and Steve Lenane posters on my wall. Wow. Diego Maradona and Steve Lenane. I didn't think I'd see those two names in the same sentence. Jimmy, it was very interesting to read recently that $43 million worth of Cordor properties had been seized from the owners as the proceeds of crime, the highest in the state. I recommend you don't go to any barbecues with your neighbours, Jimmy. Uh, that's from the wolf. Yes, we we know all about that out here. In fact, that that land is for sale again. Uh, and would you believe it's not going to be priced at forty three million this time around? Um, all right, let's go. Go on, let's do it. Take a guess. Who do you think it is? It's now time to play. Who am I? Seriously, is it like <laughs> a little singing into who? Look, it's what everyone's been waiting for. All right. Now, this one, Jimmy, I don't mean to... Now, hang on. Before you get into it, before you get into it, Mm. you had a bit of breaking news around uh, Alex Volkanovsky. Yes, our very, very own uh, Alex Volkanovsky. So, Islam Makachev was set to take on Charles Oliveira. But I can tell you this much, that Alexander Volkanovsky will be taking on Makachev. This is at UFC 294, scheduled Mm. for Abu Dhabi. Uh, and it's going to be happening next week, which is huge, October 21st. So uh, hasn't had much time to prepare for it. But good on him for taking the fight, a new challenge, and it's going to be huge. So get ready for that if you're a UFC fan. Okay, so uh, Marakev beat him previously, didn't he? Mm. So that was that was a controversial loss, tight loss. He's only had the one fight since against Yair Rodriguez. Uh, he must be ready, as in, you know, really close to being ready to go because... 
Um, otherwise, he's not going to put his hand up for this fight. Yeah. But, uh, and I did see that um, Dana White was blowing up about how he got the injury and then released it to the, the newspapers before he'd actually told uh, the UFC and before the UFC could tell uh, their hosts at Abu Dhabi. So uh, anyway, he might find himself in a little bit of trouble on that one. All right, play the stinger again. I think a lot of people oh, love okay. the stinger. Yeah, Take a guess. Who do here you think it is? It's now time to play Who Am I? <laughs> okay, so what's the prize? Do we have a prize? Uh, we don't we have a, a prize, and I'm not going to go with McHugh taking people out for lunch. I won't be doing that. <laughs> so uh, we'll just have to, I don't know, your legacy. You know what? It's, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's reputational enhancement mm. if, you get, if you get the answer correct. Now, how many clues you got this time? I've written quite a few down, but I'll only whip okay. out. Th- I'll whip out three. How does that sound to start things off? Yeah. Well, last time you gave <laughs> one clue, and you gave two clues within the one clue. So. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Okay. First clue. Yep. Born in New South Wales. Right. That's the okay. first clue. Very broad. Very broad. Pos- I like it. Okay. Good. Position was a defensive midfielder. Defensive midfielder. Okay, we're talking football. Mm-hmm. Very much all so. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. He started playing. There's the, another clue. Yeah, this is the first club he played for when he was younger. Sydney United. No, but you've said he started playing for yes. Sydney United. There's four clues. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So okay, there we go. That's it. That's it. That's it. Do you want more? Don't give one, any more? Should I give one more? No, I don't think you need to. Okay. All right. Let's see that. I don't know the answer right now. Okay. Right. I, I don't know the answer, but someone will. Do you want to give that fourth clue? Let's give – okay, I'll give the fourth clue. All right. All he right. played 79 games for Australia over the course of 10 years. That is all I'm going to give. 79 caps for the Socceroos. Okay. Mm. Feels very golden generation. Mm. Feels very – I've got. I'm going to write down defensive midfielder. Yeah. Okay, I'm writing down my answer, and everyone else can send in their text messages. Not as fun when you don't have the Signet Boost Power Bank to give away. How about I give away mm-hmm. some? Uh, and I know you can attest to this, so yes. you can do a, you can do a testimonial for this. The olive oleo hand cream. <laughs> so it is so, very good hand cream. Exclusive from the uh, Strategic Product Partners range of products, the olive oleo hand cream. We will send out to you, okay? Uh, so that's what you'll win. Uh, check it out online, Olive Olio Donkey Milk, um, oliveolio.store, all right? Check out the don- the Donkey Milk hand cream will be coming your way. So uh, let it- McHugh's jumped in early and said uh, Greg Inglis. So I don't think that's correct. But anyway, thank you, McHugh, for playing along. Oh, lots of nominations coming through here. Keep them coming in because I don't reckon we've got it right yet. Keep them coming in. All right. We're going to get ourselves to the break. After the break, we're back with more of your text messages. Uh, You're listening to Afternoons across the SEN network. Okie Welcome back to the program. Uh, We're just about to jump into it for sbsfence.com.au That's temporary fence and toilet hire. Um, Now, before we do that, uh, the Who Am I? Plate, can you play the stinger again, please, mate? I think it's a highlight for a lot of people. So. Take a guess. Who do there you it think it is? It's mm. now time to play Who Am I? It's now Who Am I? All right. So Craig Foster, Maruba Tiger, 
lots and lots and lots of nominations for this one. Uh, DK11 saying Cozzy, uh, Big Ange from Ed, Brett Emerton. Well, Brett Emerton was my nomination, 316. I've been told I'm wrong. Uh, Robbie Slater, Billy Moore from Steve, uh, Liam Rose from Cameron, Robbie Slater from Jason, Graham Arnold got a start a couple of times. Uh, who else? Uh, the only soccer player I've ever heard of is David Beckham, and I don't think it's him. You're right, Simon from Balgowney. It's not. Um, Lucas Neal from Cosman. Uh, Junior Smithy got it correct. Mirlay Yednak. But you won yesterday, Junior Smithy, and you beat by one text message, Express Matt. So Express Matt with Mirlay Yednak, uh, you're going to win it. Um, g'day, fellas. Is it Johnny Warren? I have delicate skin. That's from Redman. Uh, and someone else said, no hand cream, please. Um, so, uh, but yes, we are. I'll tell you what, Express Matt, we're going to get in contact with you, get your address, and we will send it out. Um, Maribra Tiger said Graham Arnold as well. Uh, and then this one, um, Frank from Brinjelli, he also said Graham Arnold. Uh, great synchronicity, James. On the day everyone is reminding themselves of their youth. And the posters on the wall, you've decided to give hand cream as a prize. <laughs> Regards, Spart. So, Spart. <laughs> Timing is everything, Spart. Actually, uh, McHugh, I'm going to send a couple of cartons of hand cream out to Coach K. Uh, but anyway, that's a, that's a separate issue. Uh, now, let's go back to the text line. We do that for sbsfans.com.au. Hi, Jimmy. Do many posters uh, to mention all of them? Uh, was the McDonald's cricket poster. I used to love this. I think India and West Indies were the other two teams on it. I had a pin-up for Mario Fennec playing for Norse, and he was my favourite player growing up. So Darren from Ingleburn, that is a great nomination, the McDonald's. That used to be when we came down from the country to visit my grandparents. Um, the only thing that I wanted in summer was to go to McDonald's and get the World Series cricket poster. They were absolutely – and invariably, I think uh, Ronald McDonald would be in the poster as well too. Very exciting. Uh, very exciting. Uh, Thought Harry might have had Don Bradman or Dally Messenger. And I hope the Sats shorts were washed and framed, not as is. Phew, says Mike. Uh, yeah, no, Harry didn't. I was thinking the same, Don Bradman or Dally M. I had Miranda Kerr and the Gladiators from the hit TV show. That's Crisco. Gee, there's a, a theme emerged um, very strongly. The Logan Warrior came back to me with social media and said, this thing called TV advertising, Jim. Yeah, but that's cost a lot of money, the Logan Warrior. That Whereas social media... Do it free of charge. Put it out there. Some people have huge social media followings. Some people have social media followings that are bigger than the population of Australia. So you actually have a market as big as Australia. Some lot bigger, I know that. But a market as big as Australia to market to. So what? why would you not do that? You can do it free of charge. Jimmy, poster as a youngster, whatever month it was. E.G., Miss July. It's, uh, thank you, DK11. Sports-wise, Les Johns. Okay, okay, we're getting a better indication of your demographic now, DK11, if Les Johns was the poster that you had. Uh, Jimmy, just a side note to your poster topic. I remember a year in about 1980, it was the Scanlon's footy cards. There was a super series that was impossible to get. I remember Joe Squadrito and John Muggleton being two of the eight. Uh, so someone else might be able to i be able to help with that one uh, a little bit before my time on that one. Uh, Matt, 
uh, oh, 554 is back to Samantha Fox. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, g'day, Jimmy. When I was a young teenager in the 80s, I had a poster of four-time world surfing champ Mark Richards and Aussie legend Dennis Lilly on my bedroom wall. Simon from Balgowney. Good on you, Simon, on that one. Michael Jordan and Radelva were the posters on my wall, says the X Factor from Tumut. So the Michael Jordan one, right, totally get that. Radelva, were, were you a part owner? Like Riddell was a racehorse. Not a, I suppose it was an all right race course, but um, anyway, thank you. Uh, just back to the Spart, who did see the synchronicity between posters on your bedroom wall and giving out hand cream uh, today of all days. But James, very posters. I did a natural progression from the same TV program. When I was 10, the General Lee featured with the double exhaust. Now, of course, the General Lee was the car out of the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, when I was 13, Daisy Duke took over with her double, says Spart. So, yes, uh, thank you for that. I think I think Spart and I have had conversations around Daisy Duke previously. Uh, Jimmy, up on my bedroom wall was a car poster Lamborghini with an Australian body. Google it. I did. Uh, the Porsche 911 Carrera Turbo and Manchester United team photo from 1958 before the plane crash. Well, that's a bit morbid, Cameron. Uh, and a picture of Sir Bobby Charlton, uh, a Parramatta Reels team from the 1981. So there you go. Got cars, football and rugby league covered on that one. Uh, hey, Jimmy, don't think Cam Green is under more pressure. He isn't scoring runs or bowling a heap. Don't you think Cam Green is under more? Yeah, I think Cam Green's under enormous pressure. And this is 117. I spoke about it earlier about the balance of the squad. I don't think the balance of the squad is quite right. You know, the tactics they're employing at the moment with this squad is right. The squad's wrong. Um, so Tanvir Sanga is there bowling in the nest, but he can't play. Travis Head is not there. He's recovering in Adelaide, but he can play. But it doesn't solve the, the second spinner conundrum. And if you start looking at the second spinner, you're going to go, well, let's get rid of one of the quicks. Mitch Stark, Josh Hazelwood. Pat Cummins. So Pat Cummins, the captain, would be the man under pressure for that one. Uh, Jimmy, on a Wednesday, remember to submit the invoice. Oh, Willow. Willow from Windsor. There's lots of things that I forget for many different reasons during the course of any given week. But submitting invoices, um, probably not that case. Uh, you're on air on a Wednesday, Jimmy. What the? Good to hear you. 2 p.m. Pete. Good on you, Pete. Yes, so in for the Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday now uh, for the lead up to uh, all the way through to, I was going to say the grand final, but Christmas, which is sort of like kids' grand final. Um, it's the best news hearing you on a Wednesday. So glad to hear you blasting out of the SEN speakers today. Thank you, Paramat. Wellness Wednesday. I saw a brilliant little video from Norfolk City Football Club about checking in on your mates. Here's the YouTube link worth a look. So, okay, we might put that out, Coach K. We've got a link here from a Wellness Wednesday from Paramat. So, Paramat, if you can send that to me uh, across social media, across the Twitter sphere, that would be fantastic. Um, 554 actually said, I thought Harry may have had Joyce Maine or Mrs. Howe from Gilligan's Island on his wall. How good was Ginger? Thank you. Thank you. Um, Chad Reed motocross and Buffy on my roof, Brocky on the wall. So Maddie from Brisbane's got it all covered there. And Jay is saying Scott Goulet was the hardest footy card to get in 95, had three full sets before getting him to finish the full set. So, well, you had three full sets 
minus Scott Goulet by the sounds of it, Jay. Good on you, mate. Uh, good on everyone sending in those text messages. All thanks to SBS Fence. Let's break, and then we're back to wrap up this show.